Hello, 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 hello. Good morning. God bless you. Here we are. TBC, TBC. Hallelujah. True Broadcasting Channel Network TV. True Broadcasting Channel Network P TV. We're here coming live to you from Kissimmee. K-I-S-I-M-E dot Kissimmee, K-I-S-I-M-E dot com. We are excited and delighted to enter into your space today. Thank you for being so kind and to allow us to come in and visit with you. My name is Dr. Gerald Johnson and this segment is called Living Health Quality. Living Health Quality. Living, being alive, praise God, health and the quality of health. <clears throat> the quality of your health. I'm excited about the quality of your of your health. God's God is excited about the quality of your health. And hallelujah. This is a day that God has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it because you see God knew this day was coming before the beginning of time. This day was. And you've got to understand that God uh, predestined for you and I to be here. So since before the beginning of time. And God predestined for us to be here, you and I. God bless you, Greater Harvest. God bless you, Body of Christ. You and I to be here. Well, then, you know, God has something to offer. God has something to give. God has something to, pre to present to us. And God has already presented life and that more abundantly to us. Yes, he has. Mm -hmm. God said life and that more of an abundant life. And in that abundant life, God has predestined us to become. And God's best care, amen, for our welfare is available to us. You see, God is looking for you and I to continually to walk in his will and walk in his way. Be, and no other way. We can't do it any other way. I am truly excited. I want you to know, I want you to know, and I have to say it up front. I have to say it up front. Uh, COVID-19 was the beginning of woes. Let me say it again. The beginning of woes. The beginning of woes. We are headed into something now that you must be prepared for. I'm not threatening. I'm just letting you know that times are winding up. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. With nuclear warfare at fingertips around the world. That's right. Nuclear warfare at fingertips around the world. Sometimes I think they forget that when they push the button there and something happens here, it's going to get back over there. I think they forget that sometimes. Uh -huh. I, I just want you to know that we're in the beginning of woes. You know that there were five European countries. I'm not I'm not accurate on the numbers right now, but the euro dollar, the one world order, the one currency that they're trying to go for. Saints of the Most High God here in the United States of America, we're on the fringes of seeing something that we have never seen before. We never saw COVID-19. No, we never saw COVID-19. No one saw it coming or no one saw it coming to the level that it came. And there are people around the world. This was global. This was global. There was no part of this globe that COVID-19 did not have some effects on some way, some form, somehow. But I'm letting you know 
that that's the beginning of woes. And there's some there's so much more that's coming. So much more than coming. So much more that is coming. I do not have the picture work and the uh, crisp, pristine colors that you see behind me in the screen. I, I don't have it like that. But I do know that my spirit is on aware. And I need you, body of Christ, to be on aware. Your spirits must be on aware. And how can your spirit be on aware? Your spirit can be on aware by praying and fasting and making sure you're communing with God so that you can hear what the spirit is saying to the church so that you can get your direction for your predestination being here, predestined to become through your life. You're here today because this is where you are in this time and in this space. I don't know if it is a military thing that's coming. Praise God. I, I really don't know. But this is the beginning of woes, the beginning of woes. Let's close out that last statement. I was talking about the five European nations that have been fighting for the last 10 or 15 years on getting one world currency. One world currency. Right now, the U.S. dollar is the only currency that purchases oil. So most of the countries that want to purchase oil, they have to they have to um, uh, turn over their money. Amen. <laughs> Help me, Holy Ghost. <laughs> they have to convert amen from their currency to U.S. currency. And we know that U.S. currency is not worth the ink that is there. Amen. The worth of a dollar right now compared to other things around the country, around the world, uh, different. So the new world order, one currency, that means, well, let me be specific. Let me slow down. So much stuff is coming at a time. But right now, I'll, and I'm repeating myself, the dollar is what purchases oil. So any country that wants oil, they have to convert their currency over to the dollar. When they do that, they're paying down the deficit. They're giving money to the United States in that transition. So they want to get away from that and make one world order, eh, one currency, apart from the U.S. dollar purchasing oil. Well, when they do that, or when that happens, we're going to see more than what we see now. We're going to see, I can't even begin to say, but right now we see the prices. You remember when during a certain point uh, the shelves were bare because people uh, went and binge emotional purchasing? Uh, well, just think about it. Not only having not only not having the items on the shelf you need, but at your currency who does very little now is really going to be doing less than what we ever seen. And. Now you can see why most of the people who have achieved a certain level of lifestyle. Well, you economically, you see now that they are really walling themselves and boxing themselves in. I don't know what it's going to take for you or I to get to that point. But I know one thing. We cannot be too comfortable with the world and what it's doing. Because if we get too comfortable with the world and what it's doing, we're going to miss the real, the real, the real movement of God. Because God is moving. God's directing. He's ordering our footsteps because he said he would do it. And so I'm just giving you that little tidbit, putting it out there. And if you allow the spirit of God to allow you to read the signs of the time, 
you can see, you can see things, hallelujah, changing right before our very own eyes. We can see the birth of children, praise God. Just take a real look at uh, newborns, amen. Uh, they they don't look newborn. They they look like little people who've been here before. And I don't know it because I'm seeing it from an eyes of six decades plus six. Amen. I don't know if I, I'm looking at it from that perspective or or what. Um, but I know that God is doing something and things are changing. Time is winding up. So I'm excited about what's what's happening. This is not fear factor. This is not. Uh, go run, hide, go run to the mountain. Uh, but what this is, is informational. Please go out there. Please pay attention. Please pray. Please work on your relationship. Amen. With God. Amen. So that you are absolutely sure that your soul is anchored in the Lord and you're ready to go. Amen. I'm packing up, getting ready to go. There are a few songs that were in my spirit. Some of the some of the old songs and uh, one of those songs was Help Me Holy Ghost. I know I've been changed. That's what's got to happen. I know I've been changed. I know I've been changed. You see the angels in heaven done sign my name. You got to know that. I know I've been changed. It's got to move from here to get here. I know I've been changed. I know I've been changed. You see the angels in heaven done sign my name. Hallelujah. I know I've been changed. I'm conscious of it in my heart. How about you? I know I've been changed. I, I, I know I've been changed. You see the angels in heaven done signed my name. Well, saints, you got to know that. You got to know that, that the angels in heaven have signed our names. So let's get back to Kissimmee. Uh, staff, I want you to know that we do have a visitor coming. She should be here about 1245. God bless you, Greater Harvest. God bless you, body of Christ. Amen. God bless you, Belinda. We love you with all of our hearts. Well, here, saints of the most high God, here we are. Kissimmee, K-I-S-I-M-E dot com. Kissimmee. Yes. Go to the website. There are a host of products out there that are health oriented. That's why we have living health quality, living health quality. I have been I've not been here, been traveling. We'll be traveling in a few weeks again, but we're excited to be here today. So living health quality sponsored by Kissimmee, the CEO and company owner is Mr. Cantane. Praise God. And Mr. Cantane's vision is to continue to allow Southeast Asia missing children 
amen, organization to look for those children who were captured and taken by Vietnamese pirates. And so we're thankful that the company is there. We're thankful that the products are here. All these products are natural. None of the products have any artificial pharmaceutical added additives, praise God. They are all natural, praise God. And we have the Kenergy Coffee, Kenergy Coffee, and it has Eltonai, cordyceps, and a small amount, the minimum daily amount required as it relates to caffeine, and that would be 75 milligrams of caffeine, praise God. And anything over that, when you indulge, you find yourself getting that charge that you need, but then right around the corner, amen, you're going to crash and get a headache. But cordyceps, Eltonai, and the right amount of minimum amount of caffeine will position you, amen, on a daily basis. Not only Kenergy coffee that we have that's here, praise God, cappuccino, cappuccino, hallelujah, yes, we have our cappuccino, and then we have our uh, double espresso. The only difference is that the uh, cappuccino has milk and sugar added, and the double espresso is straight, strictly straight coffee. And you can, of course, mix it however your taste buds, uh, however your taste buds, praise God, are suited. Amen. And then you're drinking coffee, but you're actually drinking health. If you're a coffee drinker, I just ask that you would try Kenergy coffee, the, the double espresso or the cappuccino. And last but not least, we want to invite your attention to the Cordy X. The Cordy X is right here. The Cordy X is a capsule, praise God, one in the morning and one in the afternoon, and it gives you just a gentle uplift, a gentle pickup, a gentle motivation to keep on going. It, it, it heightens your wear, awareness of concentration. We're going to go down and share a few things that uh, are direct <clears throat> impact from the Cordy X. And this comes from testimonials, people who've experienced it. And you can also go while you're on the website, kissime, K-I-S-I-M-E.com. You can also visit the testimonials that are out there, the testimonials that are out there. Now, we have an array, an array of products out there. And we're thankful that Kissimmee and Mr. Cantain, they sponsor Living Health Quality. I'm Dr. Gerald Johnson, and we, <laughs> we approve this message. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We approve this message. Well, here's some, there's like 14 different health benefits that you can experience through, uh, uh oh, my little desk is falling apart on me. That you can experience through, praise God, the uh, Cordy X. You can experience through Cordy X. So, the cordyceps that's in Cordy X, the cordyceps, cordyceps may improve physical performance. The cordyceps, just the cordyceps, may improve physical uh, performance. Cordyceps may reduce physical fatigue. We say may 
because we are not giving you specifics as it relates to uh, FDA, even though FDA has approved, amen, the Kennedy Coffee, the uh, Cordy X has been approved, but we are not doctors. And so because we're not doctors, that's why we say it in the form that it may. So cordyceps may have an anti-aging effect with you, upon you. Um, when you look at the, the other opportunities that come through cordyceps, uh, the, the, it helps uh, get rid of the, uh, uh, the antioxidants in and it helps the immune system and also it helps other things that are happening. Cordyceps may prevent uh, other things, other defining underlying hidden things. It may do that. And we say may again because it varies from person to person. Cordyceps may improve brain function and boost sex drive. Cordyceps may have the potential to help with the different types of brain waves back and forth. Yes, cordyceps may help control type 2 diabetes. It may. Cordyceps may help chronic kidney conditions. Yes, cordyceps may improve the liver function. And cordyceps has a possible benefit to our overall heart health. The overall heart health may lower the different types of cholesterol, good cholesterol and bad cholesterol. Cordyceps may even help against uh, inflammatories, things that are happening on the inside of the body that we don't know about. So when we look at the l there may be a number of studies looking at the benefits of l The FDA considers the l as a generally recognized as a safe supplement. l by the FDA is generally recognized as a safe supplement. Praise God. They also recognize the l as a calming agent. In the world of brain chemistry, praise God, it's, it's excitatory, uh, neurotransmitter. You can think of the gamma-teddy as a gas pedal. By constant gamma is the calming agent in the brain. So when the glutinate and the gamma are both essential, they're both essential neurotransmitters with important roles to play in cognitive function. However, when the gelomite uh, levels get too high, as they can during prolonged stress, then the GAD1 mutations are present or on a high glutenate diet, they usually beneficial and they become exotoxin. They become, they start doing things that, are, that it shouldn't do. The Eltonai, I'm going to study some more on the Eltonai so we can get it. But I will say, moving on with the Eltonai, a couple more
uh, pages over, it says, the study found that eltonide prevented the cold and flu and had an immune boosting effect. An immune boosting and an immune enhancing effect. Praise God. So here we have the eltonide. Here we have the cordyceps. And then we have the last element is the caffeine. And so we can look at all these major, major, major accomplishments that come from the cordyceps, eltonide, properly together working for our good. So let's get down to some business here. Let's get down to some business here. Hallelujah. Living health quality. If I want to have a wonderful living health, a live quality, a live quality of life, praise God, my faith must be alive also. My faith must be alive also. When you talk about living, hallelujah, and our topic today is living faith, living faith. Matthew 17, 20 says, so Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief for assembly, for surely I say to you, if you have made faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be impossible for you. So when we look at uh, last week, because uh, kind of summing up last week in the news, praise God, we remember that Judge Benitez of the Southern District Court of California said that the state's assault weapon ban unlawfully deprives Californians the right to own firearms. Uh, but we're talking about not <clears throat> firearms as in general. Judge Benitez, he lifted a 30-year, three-decade ban on assault weapons in the state of California. There's all types of information you can find out there that supports and non-supports. But bottom line, what's best for our children? Hallelujah. We can, we can say that children are our future. Teach them well. Amen. Teach them well and let them lead the way. But we've got to teach them well. When you look at the, uh, the, the ban, uh, Judge Benita said it unlawfully deprives law-abiding Californians of the right to own firearms that are commonly owned in other states and do not fall under the Supreme Court's definition of a weapon. Well, you see, these anti-assault weapons are in a category by themselves, anti Assault, or well, assault weapons, praise God, assault weapons, where as you can get a banana clip of 30 rounds and um, staggerly put them together, put one in the middle and stagger them. And then you've got 90 round capacity. And within 10 seconds or 15 seconds, you may have had an opportunity to shoot off 90 rounds. And, and just think if you're agile enough, to have another 90 rounds already ready to go. What that's that's 180 rounds. That's 180 rounds. Now, if you have the capacity to get an assault weapon and dispense 180 rounds within 25 to 30 seconds, there's a lot of people that could get hurt. 
And we've seen a lot of people hurt across this nation, amen, by these assault weapons. Yes. So overturning that 30-year ban, assault weapons are not what they are. Assault weapons are just what they are, assault weapons. Hallelujah. They're used during war to quickly and effectively kill people. Hallelujah. And the AR-15 assault rifle can hold, like I just said, 30 rounds. And we go on, it's holding 90 rounds. And we go on, you got 180 rounds right there at your disposal. Uh, you're talking about lighter. You're talking about lighter. You're talking about um, uh, there's, let me, let me, we're talking about when I want to bring to the point that during the Vietnam War, there were black Marines who were in Vietnam. The only means of, of, of communication and connection to the United States was the letters they received from their families and, of course, the Stars and Stripes. That's the newspaper, military used newspaper, Stars and Stripes. Just recently, the Stars and Stripes was discontinued uh, by the present secretary, and it was said because of uh, budget restraints and not being able to uh, get 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 it out the way that they would want it to get out. So you no longer have the stars and stripes. And me, family being stationed out of CONUS for a period of time, the stars and stripes is a welcome piece of information, hallelujah, that you could get in your hands and stay connected. Help me say that together, stay connected. So a matter of second, there was, uh, when we look at the previous weapon, and we look at what's going on now, what do we have now as weaponry? The M14 was replaced by the M16. The M, the M16, A1, A2, uh, 20 rounds, hey, and the same thing. You can, you can stagger the, the magazines, and instead of having 20 rounds at your disposal, you've got 60 rounds at your disposal. And if you've got 60 rounds uh, on you, so that means you have 120 rounds and you can successfully discharge them. And if you have any type of marksmanship, it'll probably discharge and go in the direction where you sent it. And usually it's on innocent people. And we're so excited about what happened, how that we are now uh, in the place where uh, the roads rage on the freeway, that has been taken care of. There's been some arrests there. There's been some arrests there. So to complete this little statement, amen, the Marines in Vietnam, they used to read the Stars and Stripes. And the UN had, in those days and time, I think 64, 65, might have been 68, 60, 67, 68. But the UN said that, put the word out with the Joint Chiefs that please do not use these assault weapons, these major weapons that we have. Please don't utilize them because the Vietnamese don't have anything compatible. Com yes, compatible. So in doing so, they are reading this. But then in the Stars and Stripes, there's, they're reading that the same weapons that the UN said don't use in wartime is the weapons that are being used in the inner cities back in the day. And so there's always a different story. The further you get away from the White House, I believe the further that the story 
get stretched out of proportion. So I'm thankful and grateful. So thankful and grateful. So when we look at, and I'm going to close with this statement, if I can get the beginning of a sentence. The black Marines would read where the weapons that were banned by the UN on the battlefield, they would begin to witness that these same weapons are on the streets of Chicago, Philadelphia, and other parts of the country. Whereas uh, these Marines knew their brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, they knew where they lived. And so being able to have a handle and being able to pray makes things a whole lot better. So today I ask you the question, the decision, the decision made by the U.S. District Court Judge Benitez of Southern, Cal Southern District of California, the same thing is being done, allowing weapons of mass destruction to freely, hallelujah, freely be used on our church campuses and our schools. Well, it's been used widespread everywhere, but today we're just focusing on the church and praise God, the, um, the church and the, the basis of where we are and what's going on. So here we go. Weapons of mass destruction. When we say church, because the church is not armed, church does not have any, have any weaponry. The schools are not armed and the school doesn't have any weapons. So any weapons that come forward, praise God, it's coming forward from the outside. And so if we can begin to harness and get to a point where we don't have these weapons out there, then we can look at doing something better. So these, these are not battlefields. The schools and the churches, they aren't battlefield. There was nobody on the battlefield in, in Charleston. There was nobody on the battlefield, amen, in Texas. There was nobody on the battlefield combative. But what did happen is that there was some wrong information given at some wrong time was saturated into this person's mind, male or female, that would allow them to go out and to shoot other human beings. So, same as being allowed, weapons of mass destruction being able, being used on us for today. So this week in the news, news, you know we were coming to it. This week in the, no, in the news, retired General Michael Flynn says a coup should happen here in America like the one in Burma. Hallelujah. So what are you talking about? Talking about the military coming in and trying to step over the Joint Chiefs of Staff. That, hallelujah. So we have news. That news was followed by the fact that Arizona will be using the gas chamber to execute inmates off of death row. Yes, gas chamber. How does one get to be on the gas chamber and to stay on, uh, and to stay? How does one get on the list of headed to the gas chamber and to go into the gas chamber? Well, if you were in prison and your past catches up to the point that there not, must be an execution. And so that being said, this is what prompts us right here. So the gas chamber is being used, and the gas chamber hasn't been used since Hitler tried to use, was using the gas chamber to annihilate a lot and many and a lot of Jews. So 
Yes, a gas chamber like the ones used against the Jews during the Nazi regime. Amen. So no surprise here. Amen. Hitler said he was inspired by America's eugenics movement. Praise God. Let me remind you, eugenics is a non, eugenics is a noun, praise God. Eugenics is a study of how to arrange reproduction within a human population to increase, hallelujah, to increase, hallelujah, to increase what is going on, the occurrence of what is horrible characteristics regarded as desirable. So eugenics does this. Eugenics puts this out there. Eugenics puts it in a place where you can pick up and start reading. Hallelujah. Sir Francis Galton was, or as a method of improving the human race, eugenics was increasingly discredited as unscientific and racially based during the 20th century, especially after the adoption of his doctrine by the Nazis in order to just in order to justify their treatment of Jews, hallelujah, disabled people, hallelujah, and other minority groups. We see. So now, hallelujah, we see that we can continually move forward and we're moving forward. Let's see. Let's see. The nation marked 100 years. The nation marked 100 years since the Black Wall Street, mm, Oklahoma massacre. Tulsa, Oklahoma, the massacre that took place. Hallelujah. Planes flying over, dropping fire. Amen. On a township. Could you imagine dropping flames on live people? The nation marked 100 years since the bloody Tulsa, Oklahoma massacre. President Biden came. Amen. He went and he showed up, called events horrific, got back on the plane and went back to D.C. At least he showed up. Thank you, Jesus. Former President. Yes, yes. Former President Trump claims that he will be reinstated as president by August. Amen. Hallelujah. And Biden released and Biden declared that that June was Pride Month. Thank you. Pride Month. So when you thought it was all over, once again, once again, something is happening. Our former president refused to move out of the way, saying he'll be back in August be back in the White House in August. I find that way out there. But then, amen, to each his own. We must choose this day whom we're going to serve. Thank you, Jesus. That's what we need to do. We need to choose this day whom we are going to serve. So I'm excited about that. I'm truly excited about that. So as we move forward, the World Health Organization calls for America to send express excess supplies of vaccine as an outbreak of plaguing the continent of Africa. And finally, 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 brethren, finally, brethren, a ship carrying toxic plastic sank on the coast of Sri Lanka. 
causing an economic, ecological disaster in the region. Just wait. It will be felt across the nation and around the world. So, well, when we constantly are hearing of news that seems that we as a people are going in circles. And progress is only a word. Progress is only a word, praise God, being repeated from the beginning. Begin to have doubts. Many begin to have doubts. There are some whom have been plagued by doubt, plagued by doubt, and have simply lost faith. I know some days it seems like, it seems as if there is no brighter days ahead. I know there will be some days when or when I cannot see our way through. When these days come, fear not. Take one. Hallelujah. Take one in comfort. When Jesus what Jesus said to the disciples, help me say it now, here comes the good news. Jesus gave the disciples some good news after giving them the news. I've given you the news. Let's look at a little bit of good news from the week, and then we'll try and move on through here. What Jesus said to the disciples, help me say now, here comes the, the good news Jesus said to the disciples when they displayed little faith a matter of of John 17 I'm sorry Matthew 17 and 20 says for truly I say to you if you have if you have faith like a grain a mustard seed you will say to this mountain move from here move from here move to there and I'll move and Nothing will be impossible for you. Hallelujah. Healing. But they had not yet learned how to appropriately or to appropriate the power. Hallelujah. That they would need. And otherwise, they did not know the power worked or how long to engage the power or tap into that power. Jesus' frustration is with the unbelieving and unresponsive generation. Hallelujah. As, hallelujah, as numbers begin to move, we have an unresponsive generation. Hallelujah. Somewhat. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Glory to God. That hit me right there. That hit me right there. So, ah, uh, the unbelieving and the unbelieving, the unbelieving, ah, uh, yes, come in and somebody will greet you. The unbelieving, the unbelieving, hallelujah, unresponsive generation. Well, when Jesus began to look at the disciples, here's what he really was saying. They did not know the power worked or how to engage or tap into that power. Jesus' frustration is with the unbelieving 
an unresponsive generation, somehow, amen, somewhat, we have today. We have that today. We have that today. The disciples there, they were merely reflection of what the attitude was, the attitude that they had that was in existence. That was the reflection that the disciples had. So when we look at what's happening and going on around the world today, we see things that are taking place and the attitudes reflect. The attitudes reflect. And we have got a lot to pull in. Praise God. Who oh, Jesus' purpose was not to criticize the disciples, but Jesus' purpose was to encourage them, encourage them to a greater faith. And that's what we want to do today. Encourage you to have a greater faith. A greater faith today is our desire to encourage you in taking the next step towards Faith Mountain. The next step towards Faith Mountain. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Sam, go down and greet. We have company. You see, the disciples were not able to cast this devil out. They asked Jesus why. Yes, in, in this particular discourse, the disciples were asked to cast out the demon, and they were not. They did not. They weren't able to do so. And so them being not able to do so, you ask the Holy Ghost. You see, the disciples were not able to cast out this demon. And they asked Jesus why. Yes, they asked Jesus why. Sam, go check. Yes, they asked the Holy Ghost, why am I not able to do so? Why are we not able to do so? Ask him why you're not able to do so. They were asking why did we not have power to do this? Most time, we already know the answer. We already know the answer why we're not able to do things. So we're here today and really excited about what God is doing, how God is moving, what God will do for us. Answer to that is because our faith has been unemployed. We talked about faith that's unemployed. Our faith is dead. Our faith has been dormant. We have to exercise our faith and for our faith to begin to move. Well, Jesus pointed out for the disciples their lack of faith. It is the power. It is the power of God. The disciples have a lack of faith, but it's the power of God that miracles come through. Yes, but faith must be present. Amen. For the mountain to be able to be moved. Faith must be present. Faith must be present. Faith must be present. Praise God. The mustard seed is the smallest particle imaginable. Even small or so undeveloped, the faith would have been sufficient. If there just was a little bit of faith, a little bit of faith, a little bit of faith. Amen. It would, it's sufficient enough to move that mountain. Perhaps they tried to cast out the devil with their own ability rather than God's. And that's what we do a lot today. We do a lot of stuff. We try and do it in our own strength and in our own power. We get frustrated and it just doesn't 
happen. We get frustrated and it just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. Perhaps they tried to cast out the devil with their own ability. There is great power. There's great power in just having a little bit of faith. If we feel weak or powerless as believers, we should examine our faith, making sure we're, we are uh, trusting not in our own abilities, but trusting in the abilities that God has given us. Hallelujah. Sure, we're trusting not in our abilities. We must trust in God for results to come. I'll ask you to have just a little more faith in God. So in verse 20 of Matthew 17, Jesus wasn't condemning the disciples. He wasn't. Even though they had substandard faith. He was trying to show how important faith would be in their future ministry. Faith in your future. That's what you need. That's what we need. Faith in the future of what God is doing when God is doing it. Faith would be a great asset. Faith is a great asset to have. If you're facing a problem that seems as big and as immovable as a mountain, then turn your eyes from the mountain and look to Jesus for a little more faith. Only then will your work for Jesus become alive and vibrant. We're talking about a living faith today, a faith that's alive, a faith that's alive. I like to raise up verse 21. Jesus was teaching that some work for God is more difficult than other work and that work requires greater than usual faith or greater than usual dependence on God. When this verse talks about prayer, and fasting towards the end. It does not mean that prayer and fasting stand alone in accomplishing a miracle. Prayer and fasting are indicators that your faith is alive. Prayer and fasting are indicators that you have discipline. Prayer and fasting are the indicators that we have humility when we are before God. And let me remind us that each day, each day, each day, we're standing before God on a daily basis. Philippians 4.10, it takes it a little further. You see, it goes like this. Everything we have comes from God's provisions. Yes. And Paul wrote it best. He says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that now at least you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned about me before, but you had no opportunity to show it. So the Philippian church was always con concerned, but now the Philippian church was literally showing and expressing their concern. And Paul went on to say, not that I speak from any personal need. I'm not asking you to meet me personally. I'm not asking you to do that. For I have learned to be content 
and that's self-sufficient through Christ Jesus. And saints of the Most High God, that's what we have to do. We have to learn to be self-sufficient, self-sufficient in and through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed or uneasy regardless of the circumstances. And as we're moving in and going forward, we can't be disturbed and we can't be made uneasy and we can't blow off course. Praise God. Regardless of these circumstances that may happening, may be going on in our lives. Amen. We must be content. Hallelujah. I know how to get along. Paul says, I know how to get along and live humbly in difficult times. These are difficult times we are experiencing and things we are experiencing in these difficult, difficult times are more dangerous. Amen. And we haven't seen it before. And I also know how to enjoy abundance and live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing life. And this is this what faith does. Faith helps us to learn the secrets of facing life every day. Whether well-fed or going hungry, whether having an abundance or being in need. And this is what we have right here. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens and empowers me. Amen. I can do all things. Amen. Which he's called me to do. I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things through Christ. You can do all things through Christ. We must hold on and hold out and don't let go. Amen. To fulfill his purpose. Amen. To fulfill his purpose. Jesus empowers us to fulfill his purpose, knowing the will of God. He, prede he predestined us to be here through the entire 2020 experience. We've all been predestined to be here. God's got something for you to do. God's got something for me to do. God has got something for all of us to do. And I'm excited about what God is doing in and of our lives. I am ready. Amen. I am ready. Yes, I am sufficient in Christ. Sufficiency, not in myself. I'm sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. And because of the sufficiency of Christ, I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with the inner strength and confidence and peace day by day. Nevertheless, nevertheless, it was right of you to share with me in these difficult times. Paul was content because he could see he could see life from God's point of view. We must be able to see life from God's point of view. Yes, today, with all the news flashing going across the streams and on our phones, we've got to look at our lives from God's point of view. Paul focused on what he was supposed to do, not what he felt he should be doing. And we have to focus on what God wants us to do, because if I have my focus on what God wants me to do and your focus on what God wants you to do, then we can advance the kingdom of God together because the kingdom of God is suffering violence and the violence must take it by force by any means necessary. And of course, we're not saying physical violence. We're talking about the, the very first key that comes to us and that's praying. We're not talking about rioting, looting and killing and shooting. We're talking about the violence of the attack of the enemy, amen, on 
the traditional family. We're talking about the violence and attack on the enemy against the freedoms of free religion. Look at our lives from God's point of view. Paul had his priorities straight and was grateful for everything God had given him. I'm grateful today for what God's done in my life. How about you? Paul detached himself from non-essentials. Paul had detached himself from non-essentials so that he could concentrate on things that were eternal. So often the desire for more or better positions is really a longing for a longing to fill an empty place in one's life. So when you want better possessions and possessions are your drive, when you get those possessions, those possessions are not going to fill that space because you're trying to put something. And sometimes I've tried to put something in a space where it was actually God's space, a longing to fill an empty place in one's life. We've got to be careful and not to try and fill God's space and his place with other things. Well, during the past months, we've all had some empty space for one reason or another. Take a look at yourself. Let's do a bit of self-evaluation. What were you drawn to when you felt empty inside? Who or what filled that space? Well, Paul talks about a true contentment. You can find true contentment through your perspective of life and your opportunities and your source of power. Well, there may be some people with power. There may be some organizations with power, but I'm excited about the perspective of knowing that God has all power. The Holy Ghost has all power. And after the Holy Ghost has come upon us, we will receive that power. When we begin to look at Luke chapter 10, verses 17 to 19, it says it like this. There's some joyous results from having living faith. There's joyous results in having living faith. Yes, yes. The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from the heaven like a flash of lightning. Listen carefully. I've given you the authority. I've given you authority that you now possess to tread on serpents and scorpions and the ability to exercise authority over all the power of the enemy. And nothing will in any way harm you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. So when we talk about living faith today, we're talking about a faith that's alive, a faith that will motivate you and project you from one space to the next. When we talk about living faith today, we're talking about faith that is breathing, faith that's taking in oxygen, faith that moves you from place to place. We're talking about living faith today, a faith that's alive. We're talking about faith that is active, actively moving. We're talking about faith that's alive. We're talking about faith that's existing. It's alive. It's existing. It's moving in you. It's moving for you. Active faith. Active 
faith, when you talk about active faith, when you talk about quickness of faith, praise God, the quickness of faith, things moving on and in you. God is great and he's greatly to be praised. And we look to God always living faith today. Is your faith alive? Is your faith on the unemployment line or is your faith employed? Don't allow your faith to rest on the unemployment line. Hallelujah. Active faith, breathing faith, faith that's alive. God bless you. And thank you, Mr. Cantane. Thank you, Mr. Uh, thank you, Kissimmee. Thank you, K-I-S-I-M-E dot com. Thank you, Greater Harvest. And thank you for all the love that you've given to us on this day by allowing us to be in your space. God bless you.